Hi, this is Dr. Adrian. Welcome to Health Bite, the podcast where we explore all things health and wellness. Hi again, and welcome back to Health Bite, our weekly podcast where we talk about all things health and wellness. I am so excited today to have Dr. Maya, who is an ice cream doctor. And let me tell you, I've met a lot of doctors in my life, and I don't think anything is as cool as this, a doctor of ice cream. She is actually a PhD in food science, and she specializes in all things in regards to frozen desserts and um, and actual ice cream scientist, or is an actual ice cream scientist. Um, so she is a expert and an authority in this field. So welcome, Dr. Maya. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you, Dr. Adrian. Thank you so much for having me. And I will agree, it is one of the coolest science and sweetest sciences that you can ever, I guess, get your taste buds on. <laughs> That's right. So can you first tell me, um, first of all, how did you even discover this job? Because I think... I always knew I wanted to be a doctor, but if someone had told me I could be a doctor of ice cream, I may have, may have thought differently. <laughs> I may have planned out differently my path. So how did you stumble into this amazing field? So I'm actually a chemist by trade. So I have a Bachelor's of Arts in Chemistry from Carleton College in Northfield, Minnesota. That's where I really fell in love with the with the science of chemistry itself. And I was like, you know, one day I was over at my best friend's house um, when I was in college and we were sitting on her couch and we were watching the Food Network and the show Unwrapped where they go in and literally unwrap how food is made. And this yep. particular episode, they went into a flavor chemistry lab. And when you go into the flavor lab, there were literally all these glass vials with clear liquid inside. And I was like, huh, like, what are they going to do? They literally use different uh, compounds and flavors, mix them all together to be able to create different parts of your Thanksgiving meal taste like, like soda tastes like different parts of your Thanksgiving meal. So you had like green bean casserole flavored soda. You had oh turkey and yeah, I know you had mashed potato and gravy flavored soda. You had cranberry sauce flavored soda. And I know it's like, oh my gosh, world, like who would want to drink that? But I was so intrigued. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a chemist. Like I could do that. And so I actually ended up interning at Malto Mill Cereal Company, which is a really big uh, popular cereal company in the Midwest. Intern there is a bike ride up from Carleton College. And there is when I really fell in love with food science. I wasn't so keen on grain science per se. I wasn't really into wheat and barley and oats and all of that. I know it's important. I know it's critical, but that just wasn't making my eyes light up. No, nope, so, not as exciting as ice cream. That's not for sure. as exciting as ice cream. And so during that internship, I remember asking myself, you know, Maya, what do you love? Like you like food science, but what do you, what food could you study that you love? And I was like, oh my gosh. And you already know the answer. The answer of course is cream. So I told myself when I decided that I wanted to become an expert in all things ice cream and frozen aerated desserts in general, I was going to do what I love and love what I do for the rest of my life. And if you ask me, I don't really have a job. I have a lifestyle. My lifestyle involves any everything ice cream and again it's close cousins like gelato frozen yogurt sorbet sherbet um, frozen custard you name it it's what I know it's what I love it's what I study and I just fell in love with it it's literally literally makes my heart flutter 
I love that. And I mean, you can see it. And I have the good fortune of seeing Dr. Maya's beautiful face while she's talking. And she is lit up right now with ice cream. But that's amazing, right? I mean, that's when you really um, not only find your own true sweet spot, uh, so to speak, but Mm -hmm. also contribute most to the world is when you align yourself with that passion. And it's obvious that you've done that. So kudos to you. That's amazing. So what is your everyday? What is your day to day work as a food scientist? So my day-to-day work, I'm actually the head of international R&D for Cold Stone Creamery on the international side. So so when we're not in COVID, um, I I travel the world and I basically create new ice cream mixes uh, using local ingredients. I help build local dairies, work work with farmers, work with suppliers to be able to make ice cream mix in different countries all over the world. Um, and it's really, really, really intriguing. But I also create new flavors. Uh, I've done, done new, new flavors for the domestic side of Cold Stone here in the United States, all the way to, you know, troubleshooting and trying to help make sure that we can get mixed from one country to the next country. And what does that look like? And, you know, of course, in, like, working with them and learning uh, palettes in different countries to be able to help them develop new flavors that their consumers will love. So one of my goals when I graduated from from graduate school, people would always ask, what are you going to do with ice cream? I know it makes you happy. I know you love it, but what are you going to do with it? And I said, you know what? I don't know, but I want to travel the world and make ice cream. And so for the past four and a half years, I've been doing that. And literally, I love anything and everything that has to do with ice cream, not just because it tastes so good, but the relatability of it. It's a very relatable science. Food science in general is very relatable. We eat food pretty much every day. And so being able to speak with people, whether it's a five-year-old or an 85-year-old, and share with them the science behind it, and a light bulb goes off because they can relate to it. They understand it when I talk about maybe iciness and ice cream or anything of that nature. And they're like, wow, like I get it. This is so cool literally. (laughs) And I'm like, I know it's so cool. So, you know, I, I now, that's what I do now for, for my work. Um, but you know, anything and everything ice cream, I just, again, it just, it just makes my tube socks go up and down. I just love it. I mean, it's so amazing what you're saying. I love it. And I love the concept of relatability. It's true. Even if you're not a sweet person or don't have a sweet tooth, Ice cream is something that everyone can relate to as the fun uh, summer um, time with grandparents um, or friends. Um, I don't know. It makes you think of festive times. Right? Yes, it's very, it's very nostalgic. I mean, everyone has that story of going to their favorite ice cream shop when they were a kid or making ice cream at home with their family or, you know, like, like that, um, that moment or those moments when they're like, ah, yes, it's such a great memory. And so ice cream does that to people. And especially during this time when it's such a hard time, not only in America, but in the world where, you know, people, people are very confused. People, people are, are yearning for things that will make them happy. So during quarantine, I actually started something that is called Ice Cream Sundays with Dr. Maya, where I go on Instagram live at noon Pacific time. And I teach people how to make no churn ice cream or no churn frozen aerated desserts. And it not only, you know, 
makes their taste buds dance, but it also brings them a sense of, of happiness um, for, for that particular moment or through the week when they can look back at it or they have something to look forward to. And it also something that brings the families together. And so for me, it's a way of, you know, really really tuning in and channeling in on what makes you healthy, not just with what you eat, but what, but what you, what you feel and how, how you live outwardly. And so I think so much of what we do is not in terms of health is not just what we put in, but how we live. And so me being able to come into people's homes on Sundays and through the week to be able to put a smile on their face and bring them so much joy through something that I am so passionate about and something that makes me so incredibly happy is just such a joy, especially during this time of the pandemic and just being at home so much. Yeah, you make such a good point um, that food is uh, nostalgic and food is comforting. And this notion of comfort food is very much built into our physiology, right? So we know that um, stress and negative emotions or difficult emotions, um, I've talked about this before in this podcast, kind of hijack our hunger hormones. And when we consume foods that are dopamine pleasers, um, they tend to also kind of pacify uh, those hunger hormones. So it does work in that way. But I like the point that you bring up about health. And if I can rephrase what you were saying, maybe um, the feeling or the mindfulness around it, because one of the things that I promote when I talk to patients um, is not to necessarily, for example, never eat ice cream, but really to like make it matter, right? So if you choose to eat something that you know is not nutrient full, right? But that gives you some kind of feeling or does something for you emotionally, that's okay. But then make it matter, make it matter, make it be an occasion or a sometimes food or a you know, something that actually you take part of in a mindful way so that it gives you joy, as opposed to what we sometimes get in the habit of, um, and a lot of people have been experiencing this right now in quarantine, of like the mindless eating, where it's not even giving you joy, you're just doing it, right? And so there's a difference there. No, it's, it's, a, it's a huge difference. And as someone who eats ice cream, um, for various reasons. I do research. So that's, you know, market research or just research in general where I'm tasting it. Um, sometimes I taste and sometimes I eat. Those are two different things. So I definitely get it. The, the mindfulness behind it um, is so incredibly important and something that you know, I intentionally do, you know, when I come into people's homes on Sundays to make sure that I am giving them something that, that, that isn't just something to look at, but something to really feel good about. And if that ice cream in yes. turn can allow them to feel good as well, that's, that's a winner for me. Um, and, and yes. no, no one can dictate you know, when you can feel good or how you can feel good or what makes you feel good or what makes you happy. But, you know, you can determine that, that for yourselves. And a lot of people, for them, a lot of people, it's ice cream um, or yes. some version of, you know, the close cousins of ice cream. And so it's, it's, it's my absolute pleasure to be able to share my very um, unique, but not so unique passion. Because when you meet people, um, People, everyone has a favorite ice cream. Everyone has kind of a favorite flavor or a favorite brand, a favorite place. 
but most people don't meet ice cream scientists. <laughs> and so right. it's, 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 re it's really funny um, because as, as common as I think it is now, because it's what I do, I very much so realize it is extremely rare. And most people probably don't know ice cream science is even a thing that you can even study, let alone really even know how important food science is. So, you know, it's not, it not only feeds the soul, but it also feeds the mind. And so when, when people start learning more about their food and learning more about food science and what food scientists really do, who we really are, um, we're so much more than, you know, what people might think of lab coats, speakers and goggles, or, you know, words on packages that you can't pronounce and you know we're so much more than that food scientists really do make this world go round and I choose to make the world go round with ice cream yeah I love that um I love all of that so much it's great and I just want to reiterate in your own words being in tune with yourself um because I think this is such an important point um my my daughter earlier was like you're gonna interview a ice cream woman for a podcast you know <laughs> and and really I'm not you know we're I, I'm not opposed to these things it's really about being in tune with yourself and that's sometimes people find that as a restrictive concept no. but it's actually not restricting at all it actually enables you to get more joy mm -hmm. right because you were really in the moment embodying the pleasure that you're getting from those senses, from those tastes, yep. from those taste buds. And speaking of taste buds, you, you brought up, you know, palettes and different palettes across the world. And um, it's interesting, the first thing I think of is Japan, you know, where like umami is, is something that yes. is more important than it is to the US. Can you tell us a little bit about how do you learn that? Because palate is something that is so um, ingrained and um, and grown with, right? You you get you get ingrained with your palate from how and where you live. So how did you adapt to other countries and other cultures? So before I even go into another country, I have a team of people that I'm working with. Um, you know, and we meet on any kind of virtual platform to be able to talk. And, you know, I asked them from the get go, what's the, what's the, the palette of the consumer that we are reaching. So they described to me, you know, oh, you know, people in certain countries like, you know, ice cream that's a little less sweet or more sweet, or they like these savory flavors, or they like, they like a little salt or, you know, kind of things like that. And so I kind of have a mindset when I go into a country of what people might like already, but then I have the, I guess the honor of being able to hit the ground running in countries and I eat and I'm, I'm vegetarian, but besides that, I eat anything and everything that I can get my hands on um, to be, and not just eat it. Sometimes I do just taste because I don't have to eat. I don't have to eat everything. And so when I'm, when I'm in countries, I go to markets, I go to fine dining, I go to all kind of different restaurants, mom and pop uh, places. I eat a lot of fruit in these countries to be able to learn what it is that people love and, and what's popular. But I also, you know, I watch what people are eating, how they're eating, how they eat ice cream. In the U.S., we're very used to eating ice cream, you know, kind of almost for anything. It's like, oh, I want ice cream. I'm going to get a pint of ice cream. But that's not how it works in every country. Some countries, it's very much so 
I'm going to go get ice cream. I'm going to intentionally sit down. I'm going to get a menu. I'm going to order from that menu. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy the moment of eating ice cream. It's a um, process, versus, right? It's yes. not just, again, it's a mindful process. It's not just a knee jerk reaction. Right. And, and it's, it's different in every country. And in some places, you know, ice cream can be a knee jerk reaction, which is totally fine too. If that's how the culture of the country is, doesn't mean you have to eat the ice cream right then and there or the gelato or the, you know, the coffee or whatever it might be. Um, but the, the learning process that I've had to take in the, you know, almost 30 countries that I've been to is very much so becoming in tune with how people behave and the behavioral aspect around eating. Do they eat on the go or do they sit down and eat? If they eat on the go, we need to make sure that we have sizes or packaging that's very much so portable so they can eat on the go. Um, do they want to be able to look at a full menu to order their to order their product? Do they want to be able to just look at a menu board and say, oh, point to that and that's what they buy? So it's, that's one thing that I absolutely love. I am a forever student um, and, and someone who, who also, you know, Spent, spent time in school. <laughs> you definitely know. Quite a know, bit of time in school, right? Seen. To get a PhD. Yes. So this was yes. it. You weren't sitting at Baskin Robbins, like popping Dippin' Dots or whatever. You were, no. you were in the library <laughs> getting a PhD. So yes, in the lab. That. Yes, in the lab watching ice cream melt, um, in the lab trying to understand the impact of the microstructure um, of ice cream on our sensorial properties. So the size of ice crystals, the amount of partially coalesced fat, the degree of partial coalescence, the amount of air cells, the size of the air cells, the space between the, lam the lamella phase, which is the space between the air cells, and how all of that impacts how we perceive ice cream and what makes us coming back for more. And so, so much of what I've done is actually on the behavioral side of how we, of why we eat it and how we eat it without actually having that as my broader um, dissertation, of course. But so much of it is how the consumer behaves around a product. And being able to travel internationally, see the world, explore the world has really helped me to hone in on that that much more. I would love to know some of your, the countries that you've been to and maybe some of the most unusual flavors that you've uncovered um, and maybe some of the f your favorite flavors that you've uncovered. Yes. So I've traveled um, for work. I have traveled to, let's see, Brazil, to Egypt, to Pakistan, uh, Nigeria, to Taiwan, to Indonesia, wow. to Thailand, to Kenya, um, to Japan. And I'm sure I'm missing some countries, uh, the UAE. I'm sure I'm missing some countries here and there. Um, but I've literally traveled the world. It's crazy. Um, I always say, you know, the, the, the places ice cream will take you. I never knew. I, always I never knew either. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So tell me, what does ice cream look like in Egypt, for example? Um, ice cream in Egypt looks like ice cream in the U.S. <laughs> um, the flavor in the regards to flavor profile, yeah, yeah. The, the flavor will be different. Yeah. So in Egypt, um, mastic is a very popular flavor um, that that is uh, kind of like an earthy flavor. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's kind of the, the best way I know how to describe it. Um, earthy with a with a hint of um, a sharpness to it, and that's a very popular flavor there. Um, in Egypt, they like their flavors very intense, so the flavor profile is very heightened. Um, they like a lot of flavor, a punch of flavor um, coming through with their ice cream or with their food in general, which I love because it's, it's quite different from other countries that are kind of a 
little bit more subtle. And in Taiwan, you know, tea is, I mean, it's the tea, tea capital of, of the world. There's so much tea. I don't know if it's a tea capital, but they grow a lot of tea there. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, tea is very popular there, but the flavor can be very, very subtle. But they like a little pop of a little, kind of like, they like salty foods in Taiwan. And so a little pop of sea salt can go a long way with the ice cream if they think the ice cream might be a little sweet or something like that. Um, yes. And so some of the craziest flavors that I've ever had in countries, um, I've had ketchup ice cream in Canada. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, because they like their poutine, right? Or what is it called? P they like poutine. Poutine, poutine yes, yeah. yes. Fries loaded with cheese curds and Yeah, gravy I don't get that, and, but yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I've had ketchup ice cream. I've had... Um, I've had uh, garlic ice cream. I've had, actually here in the States, I've had Dorito ice cream, which I Ooh. would not recommend that either. <laughs> um, I don't know that yes, I'd go for that one either. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too great. But again, for me, it's always research. Sure. So I pretty much taste anything and everything that I can. As long as it's vegetarian, I taste it because I get to know how flavors are you know, developed and, you know, would the consumer like it? Just because I don't like it doesn't mean the consumer wouldn't like it. For instance, I'm not a fan of coffee. I, I, I don't, I've never had a cup of Joe. I don't consume it. What? It's just not my thing. Okay, back up. How did you get through, how did you get through grad school without a cup of coffee? That's unbelievable. I, I, I eat a lot of vegetables and I, I used to eat apples when I was tired um, because there was so oh, much God. muscle movement involved with eating yeah. an apple <laughs> that yeah, it made like me that. stay awake. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to try that one when I'm feeling tired, <laughs> eating an apple. Yeah, that's, I, I don't that's, know that's that kind of even trip. I can't get away with that kind of recommendation. That's hilarious. I've I do it. I've done it. It's it's my thing. Um, I've been doing it for I don't know how long. Probably I don't know. 15 years or so. It's just sort of my thing, but I actually don't really consume a lot of caffeine um, purposefully. I have a lot of energy already. And so a little bit of caffeine can go a little far for me. And so I tend to not have a lot of caffeine. I do have a bubble tea every now and then that might have a little caffeinated uh, caffeine in it. Um, which is okay. But yeah, so I'm not a really big coffee, coffee person. Um, actually, I'm not a coffee person at all. But I understand that people love coffee. And so just because I don't care for it doesn't mean that the consumer won't. So when I go and taste products, I'm tasting it for not if I like it, I'm tasting it for the balance of flavor or the flavor profile that is supposed to come through via the, via the description of the product. So again, it's not so much, oh, I have to like it because I don't like every single flavor. It's is the flavor descriptive? Is the description of the flavor coming through in the palate when the consumer is eating it, i.e. when I'm eating it? And if it's not, I can give recommendations. And if it is, I say, great, like this is a winner. I don't care for it, but it's a winner. And what are some of the things that you can share? Like what is, what is uh, uh, something that you take into consideration in regards to refining a flavor for a palate? And let's talk about our palate, for example. What are some considerations in the properties of ice cream that that we may not think of like what comes into play so when making new flavors for ice cream um it's it's a blank canvas so you start with an ice cream mix and you need to you need to know and understand your ice cream base so whether your ice cream mix is 10 percent fat which by legal definition in the united states ice cream has to be 10 percent milk fat or more so so if you have 
something on the market that's like 7% fat, it's technically not ice cream according to the US definition. It's what we would call like a frozen dessert or a frozen aerated dessert. So knowing your base is very key, how much sugar is in there, how, how, um, how much what percent fat is in there, what type of milk, what type of fat might be in there, if it's a vegan product or if it's a full fat, you know, dairy product, all of that. So knowing your base and being able to realize, you know, if you have a more fatty base or a base that's kind of high in sugar, you might have to have a lot more flavor go into that product than you would a, a base that is a low, that's lower in fat and lower in sugar because fat is a mass a masking agent. So fat, you have a kind of the more flavor you have to be able to add because you need the flavor to come through more. But one trick that I love to do is I love to add a pinch of sea salt yes. or a pinch of kosher salt or salt in general to ice cream because it really does help the flavor come through that much more. And when you're making like a chocolate, I really recommend for chocolate ice cream to add an ever so slight pinch of coffee, vanilla, and maybe adding a little bit of, and not, not maybe adding a little bit of salt as well. I've done chocolate recipes where I don't add coffee because I don't, yes. I don't have coffee with me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have coffee. Um, so some of the recipes that, I, that I've put out maybe don't have coffee, but I'm actually uh, doing a coffee recipe very soon for um, Ice Cream Sundays with Dr. Maya, where I will recommend for people to add a little bit of chocolate to that coffee. Just a little pinch because some of those different flavors that come in can help round out the ice cream. So I recommend for any, anyone playing around with ice cream flavors or just trying to explore new things um, to be able to really understand your base and then just try it. But know that when the product is in the mixed form, when it's just liquid, and then when you put it in an ice cream machine, when you flavor it and then put it in an ice cream machine to create the actual ice cream, the flavor will change a little because you're now coming from a product that's cold refrigeration temperature now to a product that's frozen. And so for your palate, it changes the mouth change feel. as well yeah. as over time. It changes everything. It changes the taste. It changes the mouthfeel. It changes the perception of the flavor in general, as well as um, the flavor needs to um, sort of develop over time. So imagine sort of having, you know, you, you and your family, you're making a puzzle. But the puzzle, in order for it to be set, it, you need to put like that puzzle glue on top of it, and then you need to let that dry. So that takes time for that puzzle to be fully complete. The same as ice cream. When you first flavor ice cream, put it in the machine and then take it out and put it into your uh, hardening freezer and then transfer it into a, 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 a um, lower, temp, lower temp freezer. You need to be able to make sure that you give it time for the flavor to develop, just like you give it time for that puzzle to fully set because the flavor will change. The product that you make today uh, will be different than the product that you eat tomorrow. So I always recommend people, let your product sit for about 24 hours and that's okay. But if you're like me sometimes and you just can't wait, I get it because there's nothing. There like are so many considerations so that you amazing. don't think about, right? And it's funny because, um, you know, yes. I do some uh, Persian cooking from my cultural background and, um, people always say mm -hmm. that Persian food tastes better when it's at least one day left over, you know, cause it allows the flavors to really yes. taste, right? The flavors are melding. Yes. It's the, it's the same in ice cream. The flavors can really melt and they, together. They set. And yeah, that they makes set a big difference. Time. And we've they talked set. so much about food yes, because we're both yes. foodies, but I also know from your bio that you, you balance out your love of food and ice cream with 
um, a very active lifestyle, right? And you were sharing that you um, yes. <laughs> have ran several, many half marathons, full ma marathons, have participated in triathlons. You actually were a winner of the Amazing Race one season, um, which is phenomenal. So tell me a little bit about how you balance um, your joy of food um, with your joy of movement. I imagine there's joy in it if you can do so much of it. Right. Yes. You know, I, I think um, for me, life is a balance. It's a balancing act and every day is different. But for me, it's it's about being balanced mentally, being balanced physically. That's my me time when I am able to go on a five mile run in the morning, seven mile run, maybe 10 mile run, depending upon you know, kind of where I am in, in life and in my headspace. That allows me to be able to be one with me, just like listen to the sound of my feet hitting the pavement and just go. And so it's not so much about the act of, oh my gosh, I have to work out. It's my mental balance that, that yes. it brings, it's, it's my therapy. It's my me time. It's my time to just go and think about whatever it is I want to think about or not think about anything. Sometimes I run and I come back home and I'm like, where did I just go? What happened? Like, yeah, what <laughs> happened? What did I just do? Okay. I know I ran, but like, that's all I really remember. And those are, those are some of the days I look forward to most because that means that I can really just relax and just be one with the movement of my body. And for me, that's really important because there are things in life that are very stressful and I need to be able to balance it out. And so that's yes. kind of how I get my balance. And then I'm a person, I really, really, really love challenges. So whether it's a mental challenge or a physical challenge, I just love being challenged. And so for me, going on the amazing race with my um, former lab mate and, and, and of course still friend, uh, Dr. Amy DeYoung, she's a candy scientist. <laughs> um, Love we, it. Yes, I know. We were named, we were deemed the sweet scientists on the amazing race um, where we set out to literally, you know, run this race and see what would happen. But, but starting, starting off and just wanting to even try out for the amazing race came down to me want me looking for something that would challenge me beyond the scope of what I was already doing. At the time of doing the amazing race, I was getting my PhD. I had already ran um, a marathon um, or maybe two. I think I had ran. Yeah, I basically I ran. I basically ran two marathons at the time, a number of half marathons, done triathlons. And I was reaching the highest accolade in my career with getting my PhD. And I was like, I need, a, I need another challenge. Like I need something more. I need something to really feed this soul of like what it is that, that, that drives me. And so I was like, who wouldn't want to run around the world and possibly win some money along the way and just have a, just have a blast. And so Amy and I tried out for the amazing race. We got called back. We, um, you know, eight months later, we get a phone call saying, oh my gosh, you guys are going on the amazing race. We run the race um, against uh, 10 other teams of two and we became the third wow. female female team team to win the amazing race it's absolutely I, I still I still am in shock sometimes I, I just can't believe that that's what I did um, and that's what I set out to do and the, the beauty of it is is that so much of the amazing race is the, the beauty of the amazing race is so much more than just the race itself it's the aftermath of people being able to get inspired from things that you did by seeing you stay true to yourself while in these really hard situations for you to keep a positive attitude and inspire persevere. other people. Persevere. And yeah. we were the true underdogs. Yeah. We only won one leg of the race, which was the last leg, which is crazy. That's incredible. It teaches you to never give up. 
I mean, I lo- there's so many things in what you've said that really resonate with me. Uh, first off, the the conversation around the running and getting into your body and, um, you know, the beauty of that, of, you know, sometimes we shy away from exertion, yeah. but one of the beauties of exercise is that it kind of forces you into your body. And when you're in your body, you're out of your mind. And who couldn't take a break? Who couldn't use a break for yes. the craziness of our mind, especially yes. these days? And yes. so I really, for people who aren't physically active, I love to encourage them. This is not a punishment, right? Don't no. think of it as a punishment. This is really, if you can embrace the hustle, then you can really get the experience of being out of your mind and in your body, which is such a beautiful thing. And the second point that I loved in regards to your race is this whole uh, notion of like continued challenge. I mean, I think sometimes people would look at someone like you from the outside you're young, you're spunky, you have a PhD, you're traveling all around the world, not a care in the world, right? And it almost feels like effortless, but nothing is yeah. effortless, right? Not and at so all. It, it speaks to your, your accomplishing that race or even signing up for it, speaks towards um, the tenacity and the mindset that it requires to achieve your goals, right? It doesn't just plop into your lap. It really is yeah. a mindset. Yes. And so um, I love everything about all of this. And I'm going to invite you, because uh, we live very close to each other, to join me for a Sunday run together. I would love that. Nice. So let's yes. get that in the books. And I wanted to thank you for sharing your story and your incredible profession and all of your wisdom. It's really been a joy speaking with you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, my absolute pleasure to be able to share um, who I am in in hopes that I'm able to inspire other people along the way. of life is very interesting and the more that I am able to you know shine a light or be a light or be an inspiration the more am I the more I'm actually able to grow as a person as well and so it's 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 twofold and so thank you so much for having me on and for allowing me to share you know what what makes my heart flutter and in, in the and the healthy balance of being an ice cream scientist because people often say like how in the world can you be an ice cream scientist? Like, I would imagine you would be like huge. And I'm like this little petite person. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a balance. It's, it's a healthy balance. balance. It's yeah. mindfulness balance. And, you know, I encourage everyone to find what it is that brings them pure joy. joy. Ice cream brings me joy. And running brings me joy time with my family brings me joy so i just challenge everyone to find what it is that brings them joy that no one could ever take away from them no one can ever remove my phd from me no no matter what happens with my world of ice cream i will always 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 love ice cream and so i find i encourage everyone to find what it is that brings them pure joy and do it perfect advice And thank you for sharing your joy with us. Thank you. And I look forward to that run.